0: Hello and welcome to The Glide TV Recap Season 1, where we are discussing all 67 episodes of Game of Thrones in the lead-up to the premiere of Season 8 in April of next year. Today, we are on our penultimate episode, Season 7, Episode 6, Beyond the Wall, where the vast majority of this episode takes place. Uh so we will start though up at Winterfell, where um Arya and Sansa kick us off here with uh well, Arya recounts how back when Ned was still alive before the show started that uh Bran had left his bow and arrow out one day and Arya went and started shooting with it to practice and she took 20 or 50 maybe shots, she's not entirely sure, Uh, and finally managed to hit the bullseye. She did this because, well, no one was around, so she wouldn't be uh, criticized for doing so. Uh, But she recalls that there was someone watching me the whole time, and it was Ned who congratulated me on my finally hitting the bullseye. Uh, and that Ned must have known that the rules must be wrong, not what Arya was doing, is what Arya was doing was correct, so the rules must be wrong. Uh, and then uh, Arya confronts Sansa about this letter she found at the end of last episode, um, where Sansa, of course, explains well, Cersei forced me to write this letter. And Arya's like, well, she may have, but were you being held at knife point? Were you tortured by Cersei to write this letter? And is like, well, no, but you didn't do anything to stop Ned's execution either, so you don't really have a point here, Arya. And they go on and on about that, and eventually we get into... Uh, you know, Sansa stating that the only reason all of them are still alive and here in Winterfell is because she got Littlefinger to bring the Knights of the Vale to Winterfell, which is technically correct. And so they discuss that for a while, and uh, Sansa wants to know where Arya found this letter, uh, and also tells Arya that Cersei would be super thrilled to know that we're up here fighting each other right now, Uh, but Arya doesn't really care. Uh, Arya quickly deduces, well, you don't want other people to know about this letter. Well, you you don't care if John finds out because he'd understand what Cersei, you know, why you had to write this, but oh, you don't want the other lords of the north to find out about this letter as they would leave and leave John with no army And therefore, you know, they wouldn't be sympathetic to the North or to the Stark cause and would potentially take up arms against uh, Sansa, potentially. Who knows? Uh, So, that's the end of that. And Sansa goes, talks with Littlefinger about, about this and asks Littlefinger, where did Arya get this letter from? Littlefinger, oh, I don't know totally wasn't from me. I totally didn't plant it. (laughs) Uh, And uh, they talk about that and how uh, Sansa's not terribly trustful of the other lords of the north and that uh, Littlefinger suggests that Sansa should talk to Brienne of Tarth as she is sworn to protect both of Kat's daughters from any harm, and Sansa agrees to do so. The following morning, uh, Maester Wolken brings Sansa a letter that has arrived from Queen Cersei. Uh, Sansa meets with Brienne. Uh, Brienne advises her not to leave Winterfell, so of course Sansa sends Brienne uh, as her representative to some meeting that is occurring in King's Landing. In the future what could this meeting be? We'll get there next episode. Uh as Brian has nice rapport with Jamie as Sansa has heard. Uh Brian does warn that it is much too dangerous to leave Sansa here at Winterfell with Littlefinger and potentially Arya, but not really. Um so Brian offers to leave uh Podrick Payne behind, but Sansa uh refuses to take part in that now time jump after everything else we're going to talk about happens so after everything above the wall happens uh, Sansa enters Arya's room finds her leather satchel which contains several faces that Arya has in her storage she hasn't really been using them that we know of in the last few weeks slash months potentially but they're in pretty pristine condition, including Walter Frey's face here. Uh, and Arya, of course, finds Sansa doing this. And Arya explains to Sansa the best she can uh, what the faceless men are, how the faceless men work, and what the point of the faceless men is, which is essentially they kill people and we can like change our entire body structure. Okay. Uh, So, uh, Arya eventually uh, semi-threatens to kill Sansa for a minute, uh, but then hands over the dagger to Sansa and leaves. And that is all at Winterfell. So, uh, now in a series of locations, we'll discuss the main event of this episode, the White Hunt. So, first, at Dragonstone, uh Danny and Tyrion uh discuss this plan and also that uh Danny appreciates that Tyrion is not a heroic figure of some sort, you know, like called Drogo or Jorah or Dario or even Jon Snow who do a lot of dumb things trying to one up each other although I don't really know if we can throw John in that camp, at least not at this point, since this wasn't really his plan. This was more Tyrion's plan than his. He just is kind of going along with it. But we can throw John in there by the end of this episode, though. Um, So Tyrion also notes that, (laughs) well, all of those people uh, fell in love with you, you know, Danny. And no, 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 John's not in love with me. Dario, yeah. Drogo, maybe. It's pretty hard to tell. Uh, Jorah, yeah, yeah. John, no, not John, no, definitely not. Uh, So they then uh, eventually discuss uh, their meeting with Cersei, and that Cersei is knowing her, probably laying some sort of trap to immediately kill all of them as soon as they enter the gates of King's Landing, which is a fair assumption, uh, to be fair. Uh, But. You know, uh, Danny's like, well, I'm going to have the Unsullied are going to be there because they just marched across the entire continent in pretty quick uh, time period. And the Dothraki will be there with me. And all three of my dragons are going to be there with me too. So uh, she'll have a hard time doing that. So uh, Danny then wonders if they should be planning a similar trap for Cersei. And Tyrion states, no, we really don't need to do that. Uh, As, you know, if you kill Cersei in that kind of a secretive way, are you really that much better than Cersei? Uh, And the people may not be super thrilled with that. I I really don't think the people care too much, but nonetheless. Uh, And so Tyrion you know, discusses that she wanted to create a new society to break the wheel rather than just imitating rulers of the past, such as her father Aegon, or not her father Aegon, but Aegon the Conqueror, or her father Ares, or Cersei, or Joffrey, or anyone else. Uh, And that, you know, if she wants to not be like Ares, that her actions with the Tarleys were a bit extreme that not both Randall and Dickon needed to die. Randall would have been more than enough. Uh, Danny's not too thrilled with Tyrion's assessment here. Uh, and also, and so then, uh, explains that, A, uh, I can't have children because Tyrion like randomly brings up who's going to be the successor when you die. Like, okay. Uh, well, I can't bear children, so we got to figure that out once I get on the throne. Let's not worry about that until it matters here, Tyrion. Uh, and also, it's your fault we no longer have Highgarden, Dorne, or the Iron Islands. So, leave, Tyrion. So, uh, north of the Wall, uh, Jon Snow and the rest of the party. Uh, Gendry, Tormund, the Hound, Beric Darien, Thoros of Myr, Uh, Jor Mormont and two random people who are there so they can die uh, characters uh, are here to go capture a white. So they all discuss many things. Um, You know, the Hound uh, and Gendry discuss, you know, that Gendry should be thrilled to be here. Uh, Tormund and John talk about why John didn't kneel to Danny and that maybe John has uh, taken the wrong lessons from Mance Rayder when it comes to pride. Uh, later, John and Jorah uh, discuss their relationships with their fathers, quote unquote, Ned Stark and Gior Mormont, and also about Gior's death. John offers Jorah Longclaw back and also states, hey, I changed the pommel around to a wolf instead of a bear, which uh, going back to a while back, I think you brought this up, that's probably why um, when they went and met with Liana Mormont on Bear Island, Liana did not recognize that that's Longclaw going back to last season. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, Jorah refuses to take Longclaw back as it's more useful for Jon to have it. And also, Giorg gave it to you and I gave up my claim to this sword many, many years ago. Yes. Uh, later, uh, the Hound and Tormund discuss um, if Tormund has a shot at engaging in sexual intercourse with Brienne uh, for a while. Um, they talk about that for a while. Uh, then Beric and Jon talk about... Ned briefly, and then they talk about their shared experience in being resurrected by the Lord of Light uh, and how both must be alive for some reason here, and they have been brought together for some reason to do something in service of the Lord of Light. Um, Later, uh, they are walking through... Uh, A snowstorm... Oh, also, uh, they find the mountain that the Hound mentioned that looks like an arrowhead, so they're on the right path, at least. Um, So then a snowstorm hits, and they continue going through it, and they are attacked by a giant bear that has been turned to the Walker side of things. Uh, They manage to kill it, uh, thanks to Beric and Thoros' fire swords, uh but also uh Jorah's Dragonglass Dagger uh and uh Thoros does uh get wounded in the fight. Um but they continue on. Jorah and Thoros discuss their uh shared experience at the Siege of Pike uh a while back. Uh they then see a group of whites marching through the canyon, why? It's a weird question. I don't really know why whites are just out marching. It's not like they have to go like get water. They're dead or something. Like They don't need to restock their water supplies or or anything. I mean, the Night King's not going to do too many or any stupid things, so my assumption would be this was... Partially a ploy by the Night King here. Uh, So the party plants a fire uh, and ambushes the white and the walker. John manages to kill the walker, which causes most of the whites to disintegrate, um, which is slightly weird uh, because, see, like, it's okay if this is a mechanic that's in the story from the start, but it really hasn't been. This is the first time we see this on screen because like John kills Walker at Hardhome and none of the other whites that are there at Hardhome immediately disintegrate so you know or when Sam killed the one Walker back a while back granted I don't think that Walker had any whites with it, so that would may explain that one, but you know, so they deduce that, oh, if a walker turns any whites, if you kill the walker, all of those whites die immediately as well. And so they then deduce further that if you kill the Night King, all of them die immediately, which wouldn't make sense. The problem is the inconsistency with that logic. Because again, <laughs> hard home, some whites should have died when John killed that one walker. Maybe they did, we just didn't see it, but nonetheless, uh, you'd think that would have been an important thing to show at the time. Um, But one white remained alive conveniently. One of the whites in this group was not turned by that walker, so uh, the hound manages to capture it with the help of everyone else. Uh, But they quickly realize that There's a group of, like, thousands of whites uh, charging for us right now. So, they quickly, uh, John sends Gendry on a true feat of athletic prowess and endurance running to run the many, many miles that it has taken them, Uh, given how time seemed to have passed, like, maybe... A day or more, uh, Gendry is going to walk, run all the way back to Eastwatch, send a raven to Danny at Dragonstone to tell her what has happened, and hopefully this will all manage to be done in time that Danny can do something to come rescue them somehow. <laughs> okay. Now maybe you could go. Well, John and the group didn't expect that Danny would come, that she would just receive the letter that, oh, they all died, and be like, okay, well, now what do we do? You know, that was maybe their hope. Maybe they didn't assume she would, you know, fly dragons up here, but nonetheless. Um, so Gendry goes off running, leaves his hammer with Tormund, because it'll slow him down. So... uh They all manage to get onto a big rock in the center of this lake that is completely frozen. Uh, But it's not frozen enough that the whites start to break through the ice, which apparently whites are not good with water, so they don't attempt to go to the rock at all, so they just hang back for a long time. Uh, So... Gentry does finally manage to get to Eastwatch's gate uh, and manages to get the letter sent off to Danny. Uh, Danny receives the letter and immediately decides, regardless of what Tyrion is telling her to do, to take all three of her dragons, fly them north of the wall, and go rescue the party uh, and Party is just hanging out on the middle of the rock for twelve hours, and so they just hang out there. Um, eventually, uh, the hound, as he's wont to do, gets rather tired of just standing around and not killing anything. So uh, he decides to throw some rocks at one of the whites, which uh, triggers its uh, reaction, and all of the whites charge to the middle of the lake, to the rock. Uh, The group managed to hold them back for a while uh, in a very wonderfully shot sequence here. Uh, But it seems like they're on the precipice of defeat here by the hands of the Whites, when who would arrive but Danny and all three of her dragons, who quickly... Uh slaughter the <laughs> army of the dead pretty quick. Um and Danny land Drogon lands on the rock, all bored except for John, who uh runs off to continue trying to kill. I guess he's trying to go kill the Night King. I don't really know what he's doing here, honestly, but he tries and he uh falls into the lake. For a while, uh, but before that occurs, uh, the Night King grabs a javelin, hurls it perfectly through Viserion's stomach, and kills Viserion immediately, uh, leaving Danny with only two dragons. Um, so John falls in the lake. He. Uh, then manages to get out of the lake uh, and is basically about to die for the second time when who else but Benjamin Stark rides to his rescue on horseback with his flaming flail and just beats a bunch of whites in the face with his flaming flail. Uh, Benjamin abandons his horse, throws John on it, sends it off to the wall and Benjen stays behind to presumably die once again, as we must ring the funeral bells for uh, Benjen Stark. And I did forget to mention, back on the rock, um, during the night while they were all asleep slash just, you know, hanging around, uh, Thoros froze to death, so Thoros is now dead as well. So we must ring the funeral bells for Thoros of Mir. And on a side note that's also important here, that means unless Mel comes back into the picture, uh presumably Beric will not be able to be resurrected again, presumably. Uh, nor John for that matter, though, anyway. Um, so they manage to get back to Eastwatch, uh, and Sandor carries the white onto a boat. Tormund and Beric uh tell the Hound that they will meet again. <laughs> Danny sends Drogon and Rhaegal to go search the surrounding mountains, hoping that Jon has survived and is making his way down to the wall. Uh, She's waiting atop the wall. Uh, Jorah comes, tells her it's time to leave, but she insists on waiting a bit longer, uh, and a horn blows, one time signaling a rider returning. And looking down, Danny sees a wounded Jon Snow approaching on horseback, They manage to get John onto the ship. Davos and Gendry tend to his wounds quickly as they can, and Danny also notices, "Ooh, there's massive scars where he got stabbed a while back. Ooh, that doesn't look good." Uh, Later in the Narrow Sea, John wakes to find Danny watching over him. Uh, John apologizes for this. Great plan that they just pulled off miraculously with only minor deaths. Uh, also, that, oh yeah, Viserion died. That's not good. Um, but Danny tells him not to apologize, as I now know that the Army of the Dead is real and is a far greater threat to me than Cersei is, at least presently. Um, so uh, Danny. Uh, also apologize or no sorry john agrees to bend the knee danny asks what the northern lords will make of this decision by john and john assures her that well they'll come to see her for the good person that you truly are danny uh so danny leaves later back north of the wall after a quick trip to the land of always winter hardware store, the army of the dead pulls out five massive chains and hauls Viserion's corpse up out of the lake and the Night King turns Viserion to now be his trusty steed in the army of the dead. They now, <laughs> the Night King now has a dragon on his side. Probably not good. So, that is all that happens in this episode, as far as I can recall. So, uh, what questions do you have? <laughs> what additional statements would you like to make about this episode? And uh, anything else you would have to add here? Well...
1: This is a heck of an episode, and I know many, many, many times I've said the time crunch thing in this season, but boy, oh boy, today's episode... It hits its peak. I mean... (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Uh, I'll get down to that part later. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Because I do have something to say on that one, but... Okay, I'll get to that a little later. I'll start at Winterfell, the part where Arya... Uh, was saying something about with their bow and stuff and the Mm -hmm. rules were wrong. I figure that's gonna have something to do in the future here. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it'll be, but something in the future will show these rules are just wrong. So even though we're doing something that's against the rules, we're doing it right, the rules are wrong. So not sure what that is yet. But that's Sansa with, yep, Peter Baelish. That's, he. he's a, he's a heck of a worker there behind the scenes. He's working all the, pulling all the strings there. Yep. Um, and things just don't appear to be very blissful there in the land of the north. And I'm guessing those masks that Arya has brought with her, um, We'll come back for something in the future. Uh, anyway, now off to the white hunt, kind of. Um, there was one part you didn't say, which I thought was kind of funny, not funny, but um, Daenerys, after Tyrion said something about Jon being in love with her, etc., cetera, mm-hmm. Daenerys remarks that Jon is too little for her taste. And then she goes, whoops. Because she's looking at Tyrion going, uh, uh, I must have insulted you, right? Because, I mean, come on, Tyrion is too little for her too, but, I mean, height should have nothing to do with that part. But anyway, she said that in front of Tyrion and, Mm uh, I don't know if Tyrion had any desires for her, but that would have settled those off.
0: Uh, we'll learn more about that next episode,
1: actually. Ah, Okay. The, um, yes, this part here that Cersei, Tyrion admits that Cersei cannot be trusted and (laughs) Cersei will almost certainly be attempting to double-cross them. Okay, I have a feeling that's going to come back, um, come back here in the future also.
0: I mean, given all that we know about Cersei that we have seen, why would you expect her not to do that? Uh, if she even agrees <laughs> to anything in the first place. Right. She,
1: she's going to double-cross them somehow, I'm going to guess. But yes, we'll, that will, I wonder how that will play out, is what I wrote here, so yes. I wonder how double-cross... How is she going to double-cross them? But we'll see, I guess. We know she's going to. (laughs) Yes, we know Cersei. Uh, Yes, okay. So, you know, at the start of the episode, we had them in in, uh, the castle way down. Then they get to east uh, by the sea there. And now they're in the north, way in the north, (laughs) past the wall. Oh, boy, they were fast.
0: Well, I I will say if you're talking about John and that party, uh, they went north of the wall last episode. Danny and Tyrion were the only two still at Dragonstone, because the last episode ends with them walking through the the gate up at Eastwatch. Yes. So Tyrion and Danny are the only two still at Dragonstone when this episode opens. Yes. Well, Missy's there too, but. Yeah. She's okay. not in that this episode, episode. Yeah, those
1: two. Okay, yes. So, they're going through the wall now. Boy, they go through some up there in the north. Uh-huh. Day, night, walking through the snow. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Now, I assume we're on the time thing here, right? This is the start of it, yes. Okay. Now, I would like to say... The time thing doesn't usually bother me too much, like, or really at all, with with the show. This is the one instance, because it's like important to the plot, that it does bother me. Uh, especially when it gets to Gendry's sprint back to Eastwatch.
1: Yes. That's
0: when it does bother me. When it's like, okay, this is an important plot point that he has to get back to Eastwatch here. Now, realistically, I don't know exactly where they are, north of the wall, when he leaves, but presumably it should take like a good couple days to get down there, and then presumably a raven should take another day at least, probably to get down to Dragonstone. And yeah, now, I think so. now Danny flying the dragons up there. Okay, sure, maybe that only takes ten hours, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that's when I have that. This is like the only episode I have this kind of. Time condensation issue, like, because normally I don't, it doesn't really affect the plot all that much, other than just, oh, this character's here now, which is helpful, but they really shouldn't be here yet, but whatever, doesn't matter. But, (laughs) like, it's not going to matter if they show it appropriately or not. But for this one, it's a bit, a bit too extreme. I think it's a bit extreme. I also
1: for this time crunch. This is beside the time crunch, I guess. Okay. Or included with the time crunch. Gendry, Gendry. Uh Uh-huh. North of the wall. Okay, how many times has he been north of the wall? Zero. Zero. They're way out somewhere. Mm -hmm. Go to East Want Run. Uh Uh-huh. It appears like he just runs straight to it. I'm sorry, but did we leave you know, breadcrumbs on the did we leave, you know, markers to tell you how to get back to East? I don't think
0: so, and yet <laughs> he's on a straight line to Eastwatch. mm mm-hmm. okay. I mean, yeah, as far as we know with Gentry, the only places he's ever been is like King's Landing and Dragonstone and like in the Riverland Wildness when he was with the Brotherhood Without Banners for that little bit. But, I mean, yeah, unless, like, he did, well, because they don't really show because I was going to say, unless he did something really absurd, like, he went from where he was, he's like, oh, there's maybe, maybe, I mean, I don't know exactly how far away he had to be to not be able to see the wall, because the wall's pretty giant. So maybe he just said, oh, there's the wall. If I just run diagonally towards that end of the wall, because Eastwatch is on the very east end of the wall, maybe he was like, okay. Well, there, yeah, I just run towards that end, because the wall's pretty big. You can probably see it from a ways north of the wall, unless the snow's really terrible, which it didn't appear to be when he departed. So maybe he just could see the wall, be like, okay, there's the wall, so I need to go way to that end of it, so let me head that direction, maybe. Maybe. That's the best I can explain it. But I can't. Or he has super photographic memory and can remember the exact route they took to get to where they were. As long as and they reverse walked engineer through it. the
1: snow As long as they walked through the snow the snowstorm and stuff, I can't imagine they were close enough to see the wall. But maybe they just knew run that way. When you see the wall then you know, head to the left and you'll get there sooner or later. But then my next thing is, once the raven goes down, mm-hmm. unless Gendry said, we are at location 47 north, 32 east, etc., etc., I don't think Danny could find them very easily in the north. To me, you would circle well,
0: around looking. Maybe she did. I don't know. And maybe she did, but... I mean, I was going to say, a giant lake, granted it's a giant frozen lake, but a giant lake surrounded by like thousands of skeletons I don't think would be terribly hard to notice. Uh, But yeah, I'd take you, I mean, north of the wall isn't super wide Uh, down, like when you're close to the wall it's not super wide, it's still pretty wide, but... So, yeah, that is that is also, you know, yeah. I mean, we don't see that she has
1: any problem finding them.
0: No. No, that, that
1: yeah. And to me, I mean, I understand. But um, when I see the north here, uh, north of the wall on the map, mm-hmm. I mean, on the map, I know she did probably didn't have a map. I mean, there's a couple, but...
0: Well, I don't know. I think when
1: Gendry left, they weren't on the lake there. They were, like, right next to the lake. They were next to it. So if he just had, yeah, there's two lakes up there. Uh Uh-huh. They're near one of the two lakes.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know, because, like, at Dragonstone, there's the giant painted table. I don't know if that has a detailed map of north of the wall on it or not, but I would assume not, because there wouldn't really be any strategic reason for the painted table to have north of the wall mapped but maybe it does i don't know well i would have to say looking at the
1: yeah if it's not detailed here there's only two three four lakes north of the wall and they're way way north of the wall
0: he would have run
1: for days and days and days to get there but okay so those were some of my problems with the big time thing It's <laughs> uh but I guess you run south till you see the wall, and go to the east there. Uh so yeah, the Night King now has a dragon. Uh Well, uh, yes, I also think Danny and uh, John get together. And now the sides are more evenly matched, maybe, because the Night King has a dragon
0: compared I mean... to Danny's
1: two. So
0: I mean, given what we see him do, um, I don't really think he needed a dragon. He looked pretty powerful without one. Um, yes. Yeah, and I will say we will learn next episode how a dragon could be beneficial for the Night King, potentially, but... Uh,
1: yeah, um... And something I just thought of was, and I know you mentioned about going to a merchant or something there for the Night King, is... The giant chains? Those giant chains
0: are, they had, what, five of them? Yeah, well, my best guess... Have them in their back pocket? Well, if you recall, (laughs) back to season four, I believe... Uh, The Free Folk did have massive chains they were using to try and pull down the gates outside of Castle Black to get through the wall. So maybe the Whites found the Free Folk encampment that had the giant chain supply on it. I don't know. Okay. That's the best guess I have for that. Huh. I just...
1: There were a lot of questions on some of these things, but uh, other than that, that's all I
0: have. Well, um, on the book front, because we're past the books, uh, on the book front, um, literally none of this has any bearing in any of the books to this point, none of this episode, not even all the others that had like, oh, this one minor thing happened in the book that is kind of like this. This has nothing uh, even close uh, the one thing that has been commented on in regards to the books, in regards to this show, is that this uh plan to go north of the wall, capture a white, and whatnot will not happen in the books. Uh George R. R. Martin has said this is not, this is something purely in the show. This will not happen mm. in the books. So the assumption is either the showrunners completely made this up so they could kill off one of the dragons because they realized, oh, and yeah, three dragons is a bit too much for Danny. Oh boy. Uh, but would you really do that? So then the implication is, well, Viserion then, or at least one of the three dragons presumably has to die in the book, but in completely different circumstances, or is just not going to die at all. Uh, so uh. we will find out when, or if sixth and seventh books are ever published. Uh, to learn the answer to that question. Uh so, that's it on the book front for this episode. So, <laughs> on my rewatch notes on an artistic level, now the fight with the bear is very nice. I like mostly visually everything north of the wall is really cool. All the fight stuff visually is wonderful. Logically, as we've explained, is a very different question, a very different answer. But visually, Really cool-looking fight scenes up north of the wall here. The bear is really nice. I am saddened that we did not get to see the giant ice spiders that Old Nan mentioned back in episode three of season one uh, that she mentioned to Bran. I am sad we did not get to see those in this season. Maybe we will next season. I don't know. Uh, And the battle at the frozen lake is wonderfully shot and choreographed. Throughout, and Danny's arrival is terrific as well. Uh, on a more random but kind of important level, um, John offers Longclaw to Jora here, but Jora refuses, and so therefore, John still has Longclaw. Um, now, admittedly, the Arya Santa conflict is quite weird uh, in retrospect in this episode, although I will say both do slightly have a point to their. Beef with each other? It's a really weird point, but they do both kind of have one. Um, Tyrion and Danny discuss the right of succession in the event of Danny's death, and they both are convinced that Daenerys cannot bear children. We will learn more about this next episode. Uh, we learn that the Night King's powers, uh, he can turn more than just humans, he can turn animals as well. Of course, the bear and, you know, the dragon as well. Um, Thoros is dead now, which does mean that Beric Dondarrion is presumably on his last life at this point. Littlefinger has managed to convince Sansa that Arya intends to kill her. Not that Arya is helping much to disprove, uh, this point yet, but nonetheless, um, we learn that if you kill a White Walker, you kill all the Whites under their immediate control. This could be quite useful, uh, for Season 8, potentially, uh, now, it does distinctly show us, during Gendry's run, that it goes from daylight to nighttime. So, presumably, Gendry ran for, like, what, like 10 hours in a row, nearly, or something? Uh, nonetheless, hard to say. he needs to sign up for the next Westeros marathon. A marathon, for sure. <laughs> um, whites don't seem to be able to traverse water very well, if at all. Uh, Sansa is sending Brienne to King's Landing to attend that upcoming meeting between Cersei and Danny. We'll learn more about this next episode. Oh yes, um, Viserion is the dragon that is killed. Why is it Viserion? We know the three dragons. We have Drogon, who's named after Khal Drogo, who died. But well, Drogo, I guess you could go kind of lives on because Danny's alive. Rhaegal, who's named for Rhaegar, why is he not the one that dies? We'll learn more about that next episode. Um, John and Benjen are reunited very briefly, uh, and Benjen sacrifices himself to save John. Uh, Danny has seen John's scars, and therefore presumably knows that John probably died once, or at least came pretty close to it. Uh, but is still alive and breathing anyway. Sansa finds the faces that Arya has been using and learns about the faceless men. Uh, John has pledged his fealty to Danny, and Danny is now committed to fighting the Walkers before she goes and obliterates Cersei. Uh, Danny and John's romantic affair has begun, more or less, and most importantly, the Night King's got a dragon now. Uh, Foreshadowing Nuggets. Jorah states to Jon, I imagine this is for Season 8 because that's the only way this can occur, Uh, he mentions that Jon's children will carry Longclaw after him. Um, Arya, I kind of think this could be for Season 8 also. It's kind of like reverse because someone else already kind of did this. Uh, Arya states that I knew what I was doing was against the rules. Knew it wasn't wrong. The rules were wrong. I was doing what I was meant to be doing. This could you could look at probably for Danny in season eight, uh, or if you want, I mean, Cersei kind of did this with her uh, sept explosion plan and there and <laughs> and taking the throne, kind of. <laughs> Cersei has no rules. That is true. Uh, (laughs) uh, Tormund refers to the Hound as kissed by fire. I think this could come back for season eight, maybe something to do with the Lord of Light or the prince who was promised. I know there was a part there about uh, being born amidst fire or something like that in uh, that prophecy. Uh, Beric states to John that you don't look much like your father, referring to Ned. Uh, Danny, which war was won without deceit? It's a very good question. Also, you could ask which war was started without deceit. We'll get back to that next episode. Um, Tyrion to Danny, how do we ensure that your vision endures? That'll be interesting to find out. Uh, Danny might not be able to bear children. This would probably play a pivotal point in season 8, I'd imagine. Um, Beric and John and pretty much everyone now believes that if you kill the Night King, you kill all of the Walkers. Uh, For some reason, this will come back in season 8, I'd imagine. Now, we see what the Night King can do in this episode. So, for some reason, he lets John and Danny live and leave he could have easily murdered all of them if he wanted to. So presumably he lets them live for some reason. I don't know why. We'll find out together, hopefully, next season. Um, Barrick pretty clearly states, um, we'll meet again, Clegane, to the Hound. Uh, I imagine that'll come back next season. Um, Arya states that Sansa wanted to be queen and Arya wanted to be a knight. We'll see if either get to fulfill those dreams next season. Uh, Danny states that her brother is not company that you would have liked to keep to John, Now, she means Viserys, but after next episode, this is a bit awkward. Um, And last but not least, uh, the Night King has a dragon. This will come back in a big way in season eight, I'd imagine. Um... So that will do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the the show for more great content like this. And until next episode, goodbye.